I believe we're at the end of chapter Kaf Aleph. Kaf. Uh, I said Kaf, I meant So chapter Kaf, at the end of, of uh, Shmuel Beis. And um, I'm not sure if I went through the names of the of the officials last last time, did I? But maybe I'll just start again with that because yes, I, would, I don't think I would have gone into into it fully. Um, and other things to say, perhaps because I really, it's such an unpleasant story in Kafalov mm. that one <laughs> one wishes to, to delay the, the moment of the of the inevitable of dealing with chapter Kafalov. So let's start off with Pasuk Kaf Gimel. Now to remind you what had actually happened, we've now had, you know, the, the David Melech Yisrael, he'd been king for 40 years um, in total, and uh, towards the very end of that period of 40 years, he'd actually had real suffering in the sense of his son, apart from the, the murder of, the, the, the rape of, his, of, a, of a daughter, and then the, the, de- the, the, the killing of a son, and then he had the, the revolt of Absalom, and at the end of it, he's now had Sheva ben Bichri, which was another revolt against him. So he'd had some pretty bad things happening at the end. And we're now given a list of his officials. One suggestion is we're doing so because there had been a previous list, which was in chapter Ches, which I'll refer you to in a moment. In chapter Ches, that was, that was, as it were, in the good old days. Those were the days when he'd just smashed up, um, well, the Plishtim after the, um, He'd become king of the whole of Yisrael after uh, going from Onion be Heaven. He was now king of the whole, the whole of Yisrael, and he'd already had some success against the nations, against Goim. He had not yet started bringing up the Oran to Yerushalayim, but he'd already had a certain amount of success against the Goim. And then we're giving a list of his officers at that moment in time, as the, as it were, the new Malchus. And now, as it were, one shot is he, he's come to the end of his reign. But essentially it's a new reign because there's been a serious, two serious revolts against him. Avshalom, when Rothkali saw, will in favour of Avshalom. Sheva bin Bichri, although nipped in the bud, was also going to be of a similar type. Mm-hmm. And therefore it's essentially, it's a sort of like he being restored to his kingdom. Yeah. So we're given now his, his officials. But it's interesting to contrast the, the, the list we've got in, in here with the list we have in in, in chapter Ches, which, which we'll do in a moment. Let's start with chapter Kav Gimel. No change. The Yoyov El Kol Hatsova Yisrael. Yoyov is in charge of the Tzor. Remember that David had wanted to replace him with mm-hmm. Amosah ben Yesa? Well, Amosah ben Yesa was now, had, had been killed by Yoyov of all people. Yeah. So he couldn't be any more the... Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, Yoyov um, um, had proved to be as David always knew, the great general. I commented before that when we tried to give an illustration of a general who's absolutely brilliant, the, the illustration is given as Yoab ben Surya. So we say if he's the, the, somebody who kills a Shagik and goes to an Ari Miklat, then he has to stay there, even if he's Srichim like called Yisrael Yoab ben Surya. That's the, so you can't be more required. Yeah. I mean, obviously, maybe that a, a, a novi could do greater things, greater nisib, yeah? But you're talking in terms of Teva, Yoya ben, ben Suriya was the great, was the great general. And he'd been successful against Teva ben Bichri. He, de- he dealt with that one. He also dealt with the problem of Avshalom. So now David, having either replaced him or intended to replace him, now puts him back in charge and gives up. Though later on he tells 
Shlomo to kill him, but that's already in Morocco. So let's see Rashi on that one. Yov el kol tzova, afal pichoma dovid el amosa kitzar tzova asimcha tachas yov. Although he had promised to appoint amosa, that's when he was coming back to um, wait after the revolt of Avshalom, and he wanted to reconcile the whole of soil to him. So he promised um, amosa, who was very important in the shevet of Yehuda. He had been one of the top men of, of Shaul, that he would become the Sartsova instead of instead of Yoav, if you if you if you remember. Mm-hmm. But now Yoav remains in his position. Russia seems to assume that Yoav was never properly replaced. The the other some other fortune assume he was actually replaced temporarily by a Mosul. It, it doesn't really make much difference. Uh, Avali Day, Avali Day. Really made him just because well, no, I, no, I mean, that would be very gob, wouldn't it? Yeah. That you just kill somebody because you want to become the, get back your job. Mm-hmm. And particularly if we're talking about Sadiqim, yeah. we'd assume that Yoav was a Tzadik. Mm-hmm. No, the, the, the normal reason, is, I mean, the, the way the positive seems to put it, he believed that Amosa ben Yeser was fav- would was un- if you remember we did go into this and I, yeah, I gave yeah, a lot yeah, of explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Yav, uh, David saw there was a, a, a revolt in the in the bud that of, of Sheva ben Bichri, and he told Amosa collect the army and immediately chase after Sheva ben Bichri, kill him, otherwise we're going to have a proper revolt, which will be worse. He says that worse than Ashur. And Amosa doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. And why doesn't he do it? I gave my Hezbollah, and he, yeah. it is my Hezbollah, but I think it, might, it sounds to me reasonable. There'd been so much blood shed in relation to Avshalom, he just didn't have the heart, and he believed that maybe we can talk to them, we can negotiate. He's a sort of a, I don't know whether he'd always been a sort of an Obama character, but now he's certainly becoming an Obama character. You talk to the people, you talk to, and he's not even dealing with Iran, I mean, it's a, so <laughs> it's a some irrational, unreasonable idea, you know, talk to them, and after all, Dobby did so much, regardless, whatever, let's, you know, you don't want to be placed. He didn't like the idea of setting up an army and immediately chasing after and fighting. Which Yerv did. Yerv went to chase after him, seized the town, prepared to kill everybody in the town if and they didn't know. Replaced Yerv, didn't he? That's what I'm saying. No, and and, and so when Yerv killed him, I understand he had to kill him because he was getting in the way of doing the job mm-hmm. which David had told him to do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but let's. Uh, so here says Rashi ends up. So Rashi's got his problem. Why do we mention all the rest of these officials? So Rashi gives his reason. You mentioned Yoav, you mentioned the rest. It's a bit schwach. And I suggested it's going to be because it's going to tell us some, 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 some different things. Then we get to the next one in the positive cup Gimel. So it's for Yoav, so I'll call it so. Ubin Yoav, and Yoav, ala crazy, ala crazy. I remind you, the Poshop Shad, crazy, crazy, is like the Targum says, these were the people who had slings and they had bows and they represented the armed guard of the of the palace, the palace guard in the same way which are crucial in maintaining order. Mm-hmm. And what I find interesting is the order the, the, uh, I mean he was he was mentioned in chapter Ches as well as being Ala Kwesi Vala Plesi. But his position has changed. He's now number two. Mm-hmm. So the Yoyov is number one mm-hmm. as the the general we said is crucial in, in running a state 
not if you have a maybe a country like England the, the, the man who's the chief of staff is not so important mm-hmm. in England but if you're in somewhere like Syria or potential Syria and, and really every country is perhaps a, a potential problem which can collapse and who would have thought Syria would go that way so therefore you, the army is fundamentally important but number two is now the man who's in charge of the He's been promoted. He's been shown how important it is to have the crazy and the on the side of the of the king, which they were in both but against Hashem. Sorry. What is the translation? Kash, 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 yeah, kash is a bow, ah. the archers, and Kaliya is the slings. Yes, so yeah, the targum is learning at pashtas, and we, ah, we've had many illustrations where they were being used in relation to battle. But I, I, I don't deny that there is a chazal which said which refers to them as in relation to creation place relation to the or to the uivatumim. But I can't see why it would have anything to do with binyor binyor yoda that he should be in charge of the uivatumim. I mean, the person wearing it is going to be the kohen gadol. We're going to get to in a moment. Mm-hmm. And the other pshat on top of the sanhedrin, maybe he was the av bezin. But uh, that, when you talk about going out to war, which we've had them previously, it must refer to the to the soldiers. And now we have somebody who's new. We were never told about him in chapter Ches. The Adoyron Alamas. You got a tax man in charge. Number number three, three number three of the officials of state after the army. You got the man who's in charge of the tax. Not there before. Why is he here? Well, the Redux, sort of, or not Redux, somebody just sort of tries to hide it a bit by saying, well, now that David had captured various other countries and he was making them pay tax, so you need somebody to be in charge of collecting the money in from the Goyim. Yeah. Goyim, we call them? From the Goyim who had been captured, who had been, who'd now been subjugated. Oh, like Amoin and Moyov and Edoim and all these other ones. And, and, but that is not the only Pshad of Redux, quite clearly says that, and some of the others. He, he, because David was clearly taxing now the Jewish people we find Adonirom, Adonirom being sent out by Shlomoi by, sorry, by sent out by, by Rehovom when there was a revolt of Yorom Benavot and uh, didn't get very far <laughs> because they were re- refusing to pay taxes so um, he's obviously taxing the Yidden as well why was he taxing the Yidden? Um, well, obviously, if there's, a sta- there's going to be a standing army, somebody's going to have to pay for it. Mm. And also, I mean, the, the, the duck puts it in terms uh, puts it in terms of that. But I give you another reason. To what, after David was in, in chapter Ches, when he just, as it were, made himself king of the Colisol, towards after that, he brought the Oran back into Yerushalayim. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's starting to build the base of Migdash. He doesn't actually start the construction above land, but he's building downward. He's building the the, um, the underground parts. He's collecting money for it. He's collecting uh, stones and things. This requires money. He needs to tax. He's taxing people mm-hmm. for the base of Migdash. He's also probably taxing people for his palace because he built a palace in Jerusalem mm-hmm. and past fortifications of different towns. Mm-hmm. So there's no doubt. That which Shlomo's one criticised for spending so much money, it started off with David. Mm-hmm. He's taxing the people because he needs to. What right did he have to? So the Radak points out quite simply, because the, in the Pasha of the Melech, the, which is Mishpat Amalucha, which, which Shmuel uh, told them and said the king has certain powers, one of them it says, Va'atem tiyuli la'avodim. 
you will be his avodim. Mm. And if you notice elsewhere, we're told that the um, that the uh, it talks about v'hoyu mas So taxation is one of the ways that you are a servant. You're either servant because you're required to do physical service to come into the army for some period of time, or to come into or to be um, um, I don't know some sort of maybe a singer in the power, I don't know what whatever you are, it, but it could be physical but it could also be mass mm-hmm. one of the things about an Eved is he's paying is he's paying, he's paying taxation like uh, in the time of Yosef mm-hmm. yes they all became avodim lepare mm-hmm. as we're told in Vayigash and what happened that they had to give a fifth of their produce to Paray mm-hmm. as their payment uh, so in the same way now Yidin would have to pay taxes and Dovid was taxed it's completely off the point, but it's, it's something which I came from here. It reminds me of something that often I've commented that people can misunderstand words. I had a good illustration from somebody who was telling me um, that, that he saw somewhere or other, I don't know where he said it, whether some Midrash or other, or maybe one of the Gates's, um that you haven't been the vault. We belled against Shlomai. And he puts it there, the Yom ben Avot, the Eved of Shlomai rebelled against. And he somehow assumed Eved means an Eved like an Eved Kanani, or somehow Eved is Eved Ivri. And it's not like to be an Eved Ivri, he's Eved Kanani, wasn't he? Yeah. I said, look, the word Eved is used right the way through Chumish and Nach, meaning simply somebody who is a servant. And that's why David Amelak is talking about, I take my Avodim. Uh, he used this expression. And here, that, 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 that comes from the word evet, comes from ovad, to work. Mm-hmm. The people who work, whether they are free men or not free men, are, uh, are called avodim. Yes. So it simply means that Yeruvim ben Avot had been a personal servant of Shlomo. He wasn't sort of in the, in the, in the hills or whatever, just doing his own, his own farming or whatever, and now he's making a revolt. No, he was one of the officials of Shlomo, and he was nevertheless revolting against him. We're getting back to, to here, just a side point, but I think it's an illustration of something which we've, we've often had problems with, with words and assumptions and meanings of words. So David was already raising attacks, and you can see that this can be a bit of a problem, because even, for example, Shlomo, who produces peace for the whole of Klaudisor, and produced enormous amount of wealth for Klaudisor, nevertheless people object to paying the taxes. Mm-hmm. They object to paying taxes, and that caused the that was the Balabatisha reason for the causing of the revolt. It was another reason that the Abisha decided to to punish uh, Shlomo for his sins but uh, nevertheless this is already Dovi was taking a risk in having man in charge of the taxation and doing taxation and who was your point in the way which one the whole I don't know why it's a quick sieve here yeah. but uh, we've had him before Bignor's cropped up several times he was the man in charge of, I said the palace guard oh yes guard so then we have ben Chilud Hamaskia. Yet, he's the same man as mentioned in chapter Ches, and he's called a Mazkia, and as opposed to the next man, who's Ushior Sofa. It's got a slightly different name there, but it's the same man, and he is a Sofa. I had problems working out the difference between the Mazkia and the Sofa. Mm-hmm. It sounds rather similar. The Pastus, I suggested at that time, was the Sofa is the man 
who merely records what had been decided by the king by the part equivalent of parliament what the judges have decided in other words he is the person who, who, keeps, who keeps the records whereas the mazgir is the person who reminds the king so he's a sort of like the secretary to the to the cabinet. <laughs> so he would he would inform, remind the king, by the way, Mazgir, uh, by the way, this we decided you decided your majesty on so and so and so and so, and this is the you know the records, and he would access the records from the cipher, but he would therefore be a, a person who's much more important than the man who merely takes the records. He's the man who actually refers it to the to the to, to the uh, what do you call it to the to the king it also refers to elsewhere well, some of the fortune refer to him as, a, as an advisor of the king mm-hmm. and that would fit in because the person who's going to be the muskier is a, clearly a person who has to be able to select the correct information the, mo- the relevant information mm-hmm. so and that would explain why the muskier is before the, the sofa another interesting thing is the next two are also mentioned basically before in chapter Ches Tzadok Nev Kehanim but their order has changed they were much higher up earlier mm-hmm. they've been demoted and I think what's happening is when you only have the rudiments of a state Shlomo had uh, uh, had almost no officials of state mm-hmm. David is now building up, built, uh, built up a monarchy we've seen this elsewhere there's a, it's a whole state structure which, of, the, of the, these other officials which is, which, is, which is appointed when you've got a state structure the, the Kain Godel of course he's greatly important he's religious but he now you, you, you serve the base amigdo you're, you're in charge of the Ruchnius as it were these are the people who are running the, the, the state doing the, the Gashmiistic organisation of, of the streets and the lighting and the education I suppose <laughs> they did their education but they did left to, to a father but also things like the court systems and and uh, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the army and whatever this, this is dealt with now by the the, the, the civil system so the, the Kohen Godel you keep yourself in relation to the to the holy things Tzodok and Evyosa we met before Evyosa used to be the top Kohen Tzodok is now the top Kohen instead of him he's the Kohen Godel Evyosa however is still one of the Kohenim. He's not been sent away from the from serving in the in the Mishkan uh, until Shlomo does it. So in this moment in time, he's around. There's a slight little problem in Halacha. You know, when you have somebody who's a Kohen Godel, you can't have more than one Kohen Godel. So if, for example, the the, the Kohen Godel falls ill, or is Tomei on Yom Kippur mm-hmm. I don't know why they always talk about Tumma but of course it's far more likely that this rather old Ill, Ill man you know could become old mm-hmm. simply too old or, or ill to, to do the avoid. I mean don't forget he's got a it's a hard job I mean mm-hmm. I don't, do, do you realise that the ramp of the Keresh is one in three mm-hmm. you try it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's going up ten armors in thirty you try walking up like that holding a, b- a bowl of blood and a bo- or, or, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking it's not slightly incorrect. In, in the Gemara, it says it was uh, a little bit. The main ramp was a little bit less than one and three. It's very, very slight. I, know, I, I, know. I, I just made life a little bit simpler. I know, I, I, know, I, know, I, know. <laughs> I know. At the ground level, it was it was thirty. It was thirty-two. No, no, there were two it was ramps, thirty-two. Minor ramps and major ramps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But anyway. It was a one in three. So it was quite hard. And don't forget, he's not wearing uh, he's not wearing shoes. 
and, it, and it's, it, it's, if it's winter, if you've got a, if you've got an Ibishana, it can be quite cold, and he's not, you know, I mean, he's, he's got other garments on which will keep him warm. The rest of the coat will allow to freeze in the winter. But, uh, but, but he, he's got quite a lot of garments when he's doing the, the Avedas Chutz. But, uh, he's not wearing shoes, and he's going on marble. That's going to be pretty, and he's an old man. If he's an old man, it's, it's going to be quite difficult. Yes. And a nice one says, if the Cain Goddard falls, it was ill, or Tome, and somebody else replaces him, that man, the Halacha, we do not allow him, when the Cain Goddard recovers, to carry on doing any Avedas at all. We don't demote him to be a Cain Hedget again. Nor do we say, because after all he's now been a Kohen God, he's gone, if not, if him on Yom Kippur. But nevertheless, we don't allow him to serve to, to wear the big Deku and the Gedola either. So here, it's, so what was he doing, Yosa, who previously been a Kohen God? I don't quite know, I haven't found anybody who talks about it, so there we are. And now we mention somebody else, Vagam, also, There's a man called Iwahayoiri, and he was the Kohen to David. What does it mean? He's the Kayan to David. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> I mean, after the Kayan, it is the Kayan to David, it's the Kayan to everybody else. I mean, you know, yes, you are yes, the Yah Kayan is Kayan. Yes, yes, yes. So there's two answers to that. First of all, the word Kayan often means Come. somebody of, of importance, mm-hmm. like Kayan Ein, mm-hmm. uh, like um, in relation to Yosef, or, or Yisrael was a Kayan. Mm-hmm. Kayan does not necessarily mean the servant of Elazar, it can simply mean someone of, of importance and in the expression in fact is learnt in, in chapter Ches which is one I was we keep on referring to but without showing you it but there we have a very interesting alternative to this it's the end of chapter Ches and there it says Uvinyor ben Yudches of chapter Ches Uvinyor ben Yudches Vakresi Vaplesi I told you it's in a different order David didn't realize how important the Kwesi Kwesi were at that moment. Uvnei David Kayanim Hoyu. Now, David was not, clearly not a Kayan. So it can't possibly be Kayan. So what does it mean? Kayanim means people who had jobs, people of importance. Kayanim. Now, you find that in relation to Atavtiyali Mamleches Kayanim, the Goy Kodesh. Yeah? Doesn't all mean that we're going to do the Avod in the Beis Amikdosh because, unfortunately, I've said many times before, at this moment in time, there's no, none of this, you, you have a Kayanim, are you? When we had Mr. Halberstadt, it, there was no great difference between us and Mr. Halberstadt, so he got a, so he got a uh, vision for Chris Atayra, big deal. Mm-hmm. He gave us a bracha, ah, big deal, he wants to give us a bracha, so he gets. But when the Beis Hamikdash would come and Mr. Halberstadt comes back to life, so then, uh, there will be a massive difference. He's the one who's actually being over Hashem, and we're just standing there, and yes, you saw, watching. I'm quoting Posit Yudches. Yeah? So what does it mean? So, Kayanim does not mean serving. It simply means people of importance. Now, if you look now at this Posit, we've got Kav- Kavov, no reference to B'nai David, Kayanim, and instead we've got Iwahayo Iwi. In other words, previously, David gave jobs to his sons. And that was a mistake, he saw now was a mistake. Because uh, uh, his son, Avshalom, had a job, and because some of the others had jobs, they were treating themselves, you know, people of importance, and therefore, they could lead the people into revolt. He discovered that great principle of the English upper classes, the primogenitor rule, that the, uh, if you've got a duke or whatever, his son, older son, becomes the duke. And the second one, garnished. 
Yeah, all the estate goes to the older son, and the others are cut off. One has to go into the army. One becomes goes becomes a uh, becomes a chaplain, or what you know. Yeah. You know, they, it was it was something they were given, but not not by giving his sons positions. He was caused he'd caused himself trouble. The sons are out. So now we see what the meaning of of word as well. In other words, he was now his his kayan. He was a person who had given a position of authority. Nepotism. Well, the kings, you can't deny that that the whole form, form of the monarchy, the assad, is nepotism. The son takes over. So we say it does not apply anywhere else. It's a very interesting truth, Chasm Sofer, which is one of those which are the. Uh, the less quoted shuvas of the Chasm Sofer, where he points out that Yeshua, he says Yeshua was actually replaced after Moshe Rabbeinu. Yeah. Yeshua replaced Moshe Rabbeinu. So he said, why, Moshe Rabbeinu asked for his son. And Yehoshua doesn't ask, doesn't say to him, what are you talking about? Him? Don't be daft. There's no suggestion that, therefore, therefore Moshe Rabbeinu was correct when he said, I want my son Gershon. Gershon should replace me. After all, I, you know, he's my son. And the Ebishter doesn't say he's not, he's not fit. The Ebishter said, Yeshua is the person who's been dealing with these things for all the time. He will make a better, he will be better. I mean, apparently Gershon was, was, was He could have taken on the job. And never says, therefore, the Chasm Sefer, the leader of Kal Yisrael is not be Yerusha. Is not be Yerusha. He wants to say, even in fact, Rabbonus is not Beyusha. Which I mean, later Chuvi has to almost chazor, because obviously there must have been some screams. <laughs> there he suggests, if there's money, if they're paid, then maybe that is a, a Yerusha they can do. But the mere fact of being the, uh, the, the person who gives a shear, the peace of God will die, that doesn't go be Yerusha at all. Yeah? Anyway, so, uh, how do we get into that? Don't know. How do we get into that one? We should keep to the point. In Nach, we keep to the point. That's one shot. He had a position of authority, as opposed to the Bnei David, who were no longer given any 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 positions, because that would have created even more problems in relation to Shlomo, who he wants to become king after. But the others had some authority. There is another shot that he indeed he was a Kayan and he was the Kayan to David. That is. If you've got, for example, Mysa or Truma, um, Truma's Mysa would be, but if you've got Truma, if you've got Truma, for example, or Matnus Kahuna, like, like Bechaya, whatever, you've got to give it to a Kayan. Which Kayan? Ah! Tevas Hanor So you can choose whichever Kayan you want. Yes. And David chose Ero to be the person that he would give his Matnus Kahuna to. So he must have done very well. So if, uh, presumably the king would have a number of flocks and things, so, so the Rashis Agez, and the, uh, and the Zuel Chaim and the Bachar, and all these other things from, from the lands, he would have done very well, uh, from it, which is actually something which then Chazal criticize. Because Chazal say that anybody who gives all his Matnas Kahuna to one person, the expression would that be, Kalamashagin Matnas Kahin Echod, may be of Lailam. It produces famine. It's just not fair. Admittedly, you've got Matnus Kahuna uh, and, and Snoka is, 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 is Hanola Baili. Mm-hmm. But you should use it in some sort of rational way. Mm-hmm. By giving it all to this particular Kayan, mm-hmm. it meant all the other Kayanin didn't get. 
epos he ought to get and therefore he produces well, how do we know because the next chapter is talking about a famine a famine and Chazal applying yes. therefore this sin or mis- this mistake of David of giving it in all his miser to Eor produced the Rav another reason for the famine why did he do it well actually the reason is because Eor was David's Rebbe as we see he was his Rebbe so his Rebbe so he gave him all. but nevertheless we're saying uh, be a bit of uh, be a bit of um, selector right so enough said now we have to I can't avoid Kafalov by he of and there was a famine be made of it now this is interesting it does not say or it just says be made of it mm-hmm. and the reason is because this is out of sequence this didn't happen then when did it happen we don't know sometime before in other words before we were going through the historical things in a seder of how Shaul had died and David therefore became king in heaven for seven years and then he became was accepted by Kolkali soil and then and all the things which involved David in the in the system of, of how the Malucha was developing but this is a story which really doesn't affect David personally at all it doesn't really matter when it happened it's relatively similar to, our, to the end of Shoftim where we have a few stories at the end like Pesel Micha Mm-hmm. and uh, Plegish Begiver mm-hmm. which also happened during the period of the Shreftim but didn't actually relate to the Shreftim themselves mm-hmm. so now to told a story and in fact a few other stories which happened in the times of David but weren't, weren't relevant to him to him personally except that he had to make decisions but it wasn't involving him and his Malchus mm-hmm. so there was a famine now when you have a famine in Israel the reason being of course is what? lack of rain lack of rain Lack of rain, so there was no rain. For he roved, be made David, him for three years. Now three years couldn't, wouldn't be so bad if they'd have good years in between. So it points out shana acharei shana, year after year. Vayavakesh David is penei Hashem, and David sought Hashem. Yep, and. Um, He didn't seek Hashem straight away. That can only be because we're now discovering a, a, a new halacha in relation to the Oyim Vatumim. Because he, the way he would have been the Yavakish Pnei Hashem would be to seek the Oyim Vatumim. Mm-hmm. But be, previously, he wasn't seeking the, the Oyim Vatumim. Apparently, if you can work out something yourself, you're not supposed to go to the Oyim Vatumim. Oyim Vatumim is supposed to be a sort of a last, a last resort. What did they actually do? And that's told to us in various Midrashim, which have slightly different, um, explanations of what happened they, they all seem to agree that in the first year David thought there might be a Vodazor it might be a punishment for a Vodazor afterwards we say in Krishna in the second parasha so the most obvious thing was a Vodazor so he searched and he couldn't find any any Vodazor okay and then they have in their second year so he looked for something else and, and now they found this remorseing as to what what sins they would be which would be relevant to 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 reign one of them was you might find interesting is, is people promising stocker and not giving it 
mm. you know when you called up for Nalia and you say Matona the Beis HaKnesses mm-hmm. you have now promised to give Matona mm-hmm. you, know, you said Matona the Beis HaKnesses or if you the person who uh, is there at a cafe, uh, charity function if you actually say you know you're the guest of honor and you don't pay it then you are a person who's who's promised and not and where do they get that because there's a posset which says you find them so I think you might find amusing there's clouds mm-hmm. rain clouds and there's wind mm-hmm. and no rain yeah and that's com- compared to the person who, who promises stock and doesn't give it that is it's to be like the situation which needs rain mm-hmm. which looks like you're going to get rain and he, he turns up at this as a guest of honour and he speaks that's the wind and somehow the rain doesn't the rain doesn't fall <laughs> the actual uh, the guilt of this mm-hmm. and a few other sins they certainly looked for other sins and uh, they didn't find so for three years it shows something about Kali Sol they're searching hard and they couldn't find it we would have no great problem nowadays they might have a problem working out if it's relevant to rain but um, but uh, we would um, I'm sure we'll find an answer that we can think of things something like Rosh Hashanah and uh, let's, I mean I'm sure we could find a few a few things they they sought for three years and they couldn't find and then in your in there's a it's a gap in my in my nach which you may have in yours afterward the side it says piska that means there's a gap in, in if you're writing an, a proper nach you make a gap because wherever we refer to the Abishta, we have a gap as it were to separate between the hum- the mundane and the Abishta. Vayoyimah Hashem as it were sort of we're trying to pause you know bang you know that's the sort of introduction Vayoyimah mm-hmm. Hashem and this is one of these sort of statements you get from the from the Ulevitumim very terse as we've seen on previous occasions extremely terse El Shol Vel Beis Hadomim Now, one possibility is that these were three separate statements. And that is, they spoke to, they asked, what's happened? You know, well, why has it happened? But the door with Shol is not here anymore. Sorry? Shol is not here anymore. The, the, the sin of Shol. So what the first chart would be like this. Hashem, the reason why you've had three years famine is because of Shoal. Something shoaled it. El Shoal. Oh, it's not the same. So they paused. Then they said, well, what's he done? Yeah, there's another question. El Beisadomim is a house. That's crucial because it's going to suggest his children. Mm-hmm. Base. Is mm-hmm. a, his, his house is a house of blood. Mm-hmm. House of Shoal. Mm-hmm. And they still don't understand. They ask again. Because he killed the Givain. Right? So now we're told Shaul is regarded as a base Adomim because he killed the Givain. The problem with that shot is the Vov. It is three separate statements. Why does it say the El base Adomim? And not have another vov in the al. Yeah? It is three separate statements. It should be Vayem Hashem El Shol, 
then another one El Beis Hadomin and the third one Al Hashem is which produces a suggestion that really there were only two statements the first statement was El Shol El Beis Hadomin pause mm-hmm. now they thought to themselves what about Shol what have we not done right in relation to Shol mm-hmm. and they came to an answer and that was the right answer that they had never given him a proper hesper. Sure. Sure. And indeed, something more than that, they hadn't given him a proper burial. Let's do both of these things. There was no hesper. If you remember why there was no hesper, you'll understand why there was no hesper. I mean, the, 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 he died in the Battle of, battle of Gilboa. That doesn't that mean you can't make a hesper, though. Yes, but that, that means that the Palestinians now were taking over the whole country. And we saw that they expanded right from the Palestinian country, towns all the way to the Yardin. And the Yidden had to run up to the, up into the hills. And remember that's where they, the, the family of Shaul ran away. Mephibosheth was dropped and broke his, broke his leg. Yeah, Mephibosheth. This was a time of very great suffering. You know, they weren't, they weren't getting around to make it. Okay, so maybe they didn't make it straight away. But then when Avner Benel started to push back against the Philistine and recaptured some of these towns and pushed them back one by one to their original borders then they should have made a Hesper Nishkemach and Hespernish and also his body if you remember they found the body of Shaul they chopped off his head and had the body of him and his sons um, displayed on the on the wall of the of of, of Beishan and that is of course in the Yaudi that shows you how far they they've gone and uh that had been saved because the people of Yovesh Gilod had risked their lives because now the Christian were in charge and had gone one night and taken away the body and had buried it in their own town but he's buried now in his town in, in their town not in Givashol which was his own town and it, it, it wasn't a proper burial so therefore El Shol was the, the first thing they could think of we're not actually problem with that is we're not actually told about David ever making a Hesper for Shaul, except one he didn't, he did make a Hesper he himself made a Hesper when he heard about it, yeah, yeah but he, but he doesn't do anything Dovid, more, Dovid. yeah he doesn't do anything more now, but he does arrange a burial, and that would just, be uh, uh, you once you said Hesper means the sins of Shaul, and said, then you tell us they didn't make a Hesper on Shaul I, 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 I see Mr. Kevin, no, Mr. Kevin, I did, but I, I think obviously I, I failed to make myself clear there's two different shotting yeah. going on here, one shot is, these are three separate statements, and the first means Shaul sinned, so they said what did he no, sin? No, he didn't sin no, 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 the first one says he sinned, so they said what did he sin? Oh. And what, is, what's, what's, what do you mean by that? What's this, why is he a house of blood? He killed the Givonim so it's all to do with the sin of Shol and that fits in very well with what's going to happen next which is all in relation to the Givonim and, the, and, and what he'd done to them and the revenge the Givonim, the Givonim take but if you want to say that by losing the, looking at the Vov that there was also something else which was a, a, a sin in relation to Shol the Vedak says there's no contradiction in this you get people who have done good things and they've done bad things. I mean, if we were, we're just after the uh, Maggie Thatcher was, was was replaced, you would have said, well, she won the war against the Argentinians, and she got rid, she controlled the unions, 
and she bought a bit of inflation, is it? But she was a bit of a taffy, wasn't she? In her well, she was a bit of so, yeah, so therefore, yeah, so therefore, you'd say they're good and there's bad. So I mean, that's my Moshe Hedget. In which case, Saul had did, done great things. He'd been the leader of Klal Yisrael. He'd, he'd done great things, and therefore he deserved a husband to be buried uh, appropriately. But he'd mucked up on one thing, and that was had to be put right. So the um, yeah. So in which case here, Shaul, you'd you done badly to Shaul, but also there was something to do with Beis Adomin. He was also a house of blood. And on that they said, what, what's that? And with a new statement, Al, without Levov, Al Shehemis Es HaGivoyim. So rather than talk now about the Givoyim, because the Pesukim are going to, let's look, let's look and go for a few more Pesukim, which will say something about it. The king calls now to the giver. Who's Melech? He's called the king. He's called the king. Ah, wait a second. I'll come to a moment. They're not. They're the giver. He calls to the giver. And he speaks to them. We're not told now what the conversation was. But we can work it out. That the conversation was that he said to them, look, you know, I accept that Shaul was badly treated you, what can we do to put it right? That's what he says afterwards. But we're not told now the exact words. Vahagivainim, now is a comment. Every now and then Nach makes a comment, just normally. Nach normally just tells us what happens. But now the, the, the Givainim, uh, now we're going to be told a comment. Vahagivainim loim ibn Yisrael They weren't from Bnei Yisrael. Kiyem iyesehoi they were the leftovers of the Emiri. Now we actually don't need Yisrael, and Klal Yisrael had sworn to them. We don't need any of this because of course you or you know quite well you're Yahushua, and therefore you would know it. There's therefore no need for the Pazak to tell us that. He doesn't intend to tell us things which we should know anyway. We should know our Yahushua. But it's pointing out something. They were still behaving like Goy. So let me tell you finish off the pause and let me tell you about this Vayavakesh Shaul Shaul wanted to kill them obviously he didn't succeed but he was trying to kill them the Kanosai in his kino notice that means he was doing well he was Kanei Lashem in the same way as Pinchas he wasn't going out just being a homicidal maniac or being a Stalin or a Mao Tzitum he was trying to do good but nevertheless it was, and I, the proof is, I, it's always, when you're being jealous, it's always, it, it always says, Vayakane, um, then it, um, what does it say? When it's always Vayakane Tuakhan it always says, Vayakane Leleikov. Um, as here, Vayakane Livne Yisrael. When on the other you're really just jealous because you're personally jealous, it says something else, like for example, Vayakane Boy. When you use the word boy, it means it's, you're jealous of the person. When you use kanosai livne, it means he was he was jealous in relation to the yidden. He was he was, he was you, know, you know if you are personally jealous about your feelings, it will say vaykanu boy, yeah, echov, as it says in relation to Yosef. When you're jealous for the sake of the covet of somebody else, it says vaykanu le. Like they can't about Pinchas, they can't, they can't lay like off. 
And here, he was worried about Yehuda, and therefore he behaved badly to the Givoni. So we've got now two comments. One is who, who these Givoni were, and second of all, what, what was it that, uh, that Yishol did to them and why? History, because Saul is already dead. Yes, but clearly Saul now has to, an expiation has to happen. Something has to be put right. I'm telling you, I, I don't deny that this is a de- very difficult chapter. Oh, even, even in theory, because one of our principles is lo yemusu obes Yes, we're going to break that. We're going to we're going to break that one. Yes, and um, so it's a difficult chapter. But nevertheless, what? Lo yemusu obes alboni, boni lo yemusu alavos. I meant the idea. So let's to remind you of the story. It happened, the Givonim, as we're told here, were people who, on the fa- on, who were in Moelim. They knew that Claudius Soil and Yehoshua were going to invade yes. and going to take over the country. And they yes. believed it. Yes. Now, they had a couple of options. One option would be to do like who ran away and went to Africa. Yes. It's very interesting to get in this, these DNA tests that seem to suggest that people moved over. Well, according to Chazal, indeed, the, the, the Gershuni went to Africa. So, uh, so maybe that would be an influx of DNA from a certain moment in time, yeah. whatever. So the, um, the Gershuni moved away. These, these people could have done that, but they chose a different approach. They, they went along to Yeshua, pretending to come from a far off country. And, you want to become and they said, yeah, we want to join up with you and be yeah. friendly with you and, uh, and without thinking that they might be, or perhaps even said, and he lied that they were coming from a far country it only gave that impression that they were the different clothes not normally a Mary clothes and Yeshua therefore made a shavua with them that they were going to uh, look after them and be friendly I, I have a question against Moshe Rabbeinu did a similar thing I, I have a question against Yeshua you Yeshua should have known better from <laughs> what from what happened with Moshe Rabbeinu yes I don't know it's a good question if we, if we, if we get around to Yeshua we'll, we'll consider that one but Lamar so this is what happened and he made a shavua to them and he, they could have been Matthew the shavua it was clearly a shavua but twice because his whole shavua was based on as they deliberately intended Yes. Yeah, they were misleading him. Yes. And he made it, they, he was making sure as far as he's concerned with people over there, yes. not the people who, 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 who were here. But nevertheless, he decided to be a Chil Hashem to break the Shavuah. And therefore, he didn't kill them and he turned them into Shere Mayim and, so um, did Moshe. and, yeah. So did Moshe. Wooden, absolutely. Moshe Rabbeinu had, had a similar experience and uh, surprisingly, Yeshua didn't learn from that. And therefore, he, that's what he did to them. But he made a shvur. Moshe Rabbeinu did not apparently make any shvur to them. Now, these people are often therefore called the Nasinim, because they were given over to these jobs. These were clearly proper Yidim. They weren't just Goyim who had to be Makabal They had to be Makabal Zion almost. The Zion Mitzvah Bnei otherwise you, couldn't keep, you can't keep them in Ezra Yisrael. Yeah, anyone's not Makabal Zion Bnei you're not allowed to keep in Ezra Yisrael. Mm-hmm. But so actually, sorry, is that a black day as well? It would if we had the power. Mm-hmm. If we had the power. But uh, the the, the din is the uh, that these were clearly taken on as Gary Emmis. Mm-hmm. How do I know this? Because we're going to see as a result of this whole story, David makes a gzera that we are not allowed to marry into the Givonim. Now, if they were go- they were they were still goyim, it wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but among the ten types of yidden who came up from. 
uh, from Bovel with Ezra, mm-hmm. which is in the fourth parak of Kiddushin, mm-hmm. it quotes a Yisraelim, Kahanim, Levian, Yisraelim, and Mamzerim, various other types, and one of them is Nasinim. Mm-hmm. So these, these were Yidden, who came up, mm-hmm. and we're told they can't marry into each other, not because they're Goyim, they're not Goyim, but because of the Xerah of, Xerah of David. So these were actually Yidden, and therefore we have a Chiv towards them, both because they are Geirim, but also because we made a Shur. And notice the Posak is pointing, Vene Yisrael, Nishbu Lohem. We promised them. So if we promised them that we would be good to them, why was Shaul bad? At the end of that posse, he wanted to wipe them out. The was told he was aim was to a kinner for Kalisar. Well, there's a number of pshatim. One pshat is that they were involved in witchcraft. Remember, Shaul removed all the. Mm-hmm. So they were I sick in, in they, they were Yidden, but uh, in which case he wanted to get rid of them. Not because he disagreed with Yeshua, mm-hmm. but because he uh but because they were Ashoim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another chart which is less ju- justified, is because these people are called the Givainim. Why are they called the Givainim? Why not call them Emerian or call them the Sinim? What's this Givainim? Mm-hmm. The answer must be they are, they live in the town of Givain. What else was in Givain? Oh, uh, the biggest Givain. Uh, Givain, not Givain. What else was in Givain? The Mishkan. If you remember yeah, when, yeah, when Saul wiped out all the, the inhabitants of Noiv al mm-hmm. he then removed the Mishkan mm-hmm. from Noiv mm-hmm. to Given. Mm-hmm. So these people, Given and Noiv are actually near to each other. Mm-hmm. Given and Noiv are near to each other. Mm-hmm. If you look on the map, you might, I don't know if you've got there. If you've got there, they're fairly near. Mm-hmm. So therefore, what they will have like this. Noiv was a town of Kehanim. Mm-hmm. These people were not allowed to live where the, the Mishkan was, mm-hmm. but they were the workers for the Mishkan. Mm-hmm. Remember, they weren't given over, they were given over to serve the Mishkan. Mm-hmm. So they therefore were day workers. They trekked, they trekked in the morning to get to Naive, mm-hmm. and they did the cutting of wood for the Mizbeach, and they would trek water for, you need, you need water to wash the Korbonus and those other things, you know, you'd use a lot of water, and, um, and water, you need water for the, for the, all the Tavilas and all the Adayim and everything else. Mm-hmm. You need a lot of water. Mm-hmm. So they would be schlepping the water and down schlepping the, the wood. Mm-hmm. From Givain to to No, did I have Givain and No there? It would be near to Shrein. Um, it's it's yeah. it's a little bit north. It's in a bit north more north of Shrein. It's not Givain. It's Shul. That's all. Ah, okay. Well, anyway, they are. So they were becoming. They'd be coming. They were day workers. But now he moved the Mishkan to Givain. He decided, just like previously, they were not allowed to live in the holy city. These blighters, mm-hmm. who are still evolved, Christoph or whatever, they're not proper, you know, no communion. Nevertheless, uh, now he's moved it to Given, he removes them from Given, mm-hmm. and he forces them to go out. Probably they've now come back after Shaul has died. So that would be another explanation of where, of what he did to them. And you actually clear, see this, if you look quickly at Posuk, um, hey. The man who destroyed us, 
Nishmadenu, and who's planning to wipe us out. He didn't want it living in Eretz Yisrael. Mm-hmm. So clearly he was removed them from Givain, mm-hmm. and it seems as if he was trying to get them out of the, of the whole of Eretz Yisrael. Yeah. But what is this, also the idea, Lahakaisom? So it seems as if that was the method you, you get people to leave. Mm-hmm. You tell them, leave or you'll be killed. Mm-hmm. So therefore they're not very, not very happy with them, with, with him. What else did he do to them? There is a suggestion that the Hakosom also refers to seven of them who actually were killed by Shaul. And you see later on they want revenge of seven descendants of Shaul being killed. They chose seven. And why didn't they say all the descendants of Shaul? They didn't. They wanted seven. So therefore it suggests that Midah Kenegimidah, they said seven of us were killed and seven of him, of his descendants, should be, should be killed. So therefore we're told uh, there were seven of them in Noiv at the time when Doegodomi came with some soldiers and was going around killing all the people of Noiv mm-hmm. he also killed these seven either because they happened to be there Tufelik mm-hmm. or maybe they were asked where is David and they didn't tell mm-hmm. they were actually now that alone would not have been the reason why Shaul is going to be blamed by them because that time Shaul was killing off the whole town mm-hmm. so you know they wouldn't have had there's not a, nothing's personal to them you know there was a general anybody who was there or wasn't telling where David was was being killed I mean that was a, a normal Mishpat HaMelech but it's a fact that seven of them were killed their main timer was that he was going to was going to boot them out of Eretzisoel and they were forced out of their town and this was a breach as the Posuk says here in Posuk base of the Nishma Ulohem. They had been promised that they would be looked after. And, and Shaul had broken this, this shvur. So, it is very interesting that if you would have said to me, what, if there'd be three years, no, no, no rain, what, I mean, I mean, the whole of Kali Sol is suffering, what sin did, did Shaul do? I would have said, Noivar Kahanim, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. He wiped out. I mean, we, we get this wrong. People seem to imagine he killed the Kohen Godel. We pointed out it's not the Kohen Godel alone. It was all the Kohen, mm-hmm. and it was every woman and child. Mm-hmm. Only one man got out of Yossa. It was mm-hmm. a complete, complete massacre. Mm-hmm. So surely that would have been the sin of Shaul. No, that is accepted. No, I'm not saying it's. Just, I'm not saying it's a mitzvah. And clearly, it wasn't a veil. As we said, that's we we point out. That's why Shaul himself died in battle because he himself had killed because he'd killed he died in battle and his children as well died in battle all because of the sin of his of, of killing Noiv because he but not but only because he was he, he killed them Shalai that is he believed that they were joining up with David and therefore he believed that if they were joining up with David he would be entitled to kill off the whole town and he would be right if you get a situation where there's a people planning a revolt the best thing you can do is unfortunately to wipe out that whole town mm-hmm. and then there won't be a revolt mm-hmm. I is going to be so many innocent pe- women and children killed true but nevertheless there won't be a revolt which we'll call that was, we saw with Avshalom there was how many people were killed tens of thousands died in the revolt of Avshalom mm-hmm. so, so therefore it's worthwhile killing 
that town if that is the only way you could do it you can't do it it's not the Sanhedrin but it comes within the Mishpat HaMalucha that the king is entitled entitled to do so his mistake of course was he, that they had no intention of helping David except because they thought that he was the son-in-law of the king mm-hmm. and he's been Makabal Loshon Hora from Doeg which he had no right to do as he was told by other people surrounding him if you remember at the time that you know this isn't so I mean you have no justification for coming to that conclusion but the, if, if he had been right he would have been in his conclusion he would have been right mm-hmm. this however was a totally he broke the Shavuah if he saw that Yeshua made a Shavuah to them why should you think you're cleverer than Yeshua Yeshua allowed them to stay in, 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 in the Gvule Eretz Yisrael maybe you're entitled to get them to move so you pay them guilt Mm-hmm. It's all you know, compulsory, compulsory, the king no, has the power to compulsory purchase property. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a holy city, and you move them to the next town, you, and you don't do like they, they took them out of Gaza, and you leave them just caravans, you build them flats elsewhere, mm-hmm. you build them flats in a nearby place where they can do, carry on doing their job, that would be right. To boot them out of Kalisor, out of Esisor, you had no right to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? So, then the, the, the real horrible story starts next week. Mm-hmm.